You're now entering the smoke room. Featuring your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate you. Brought to you by the Bad Guy Radio. Welcome to the smoke room. Today I got some special guests for you, but I got uh, I got to introduce my co-host uh, Justin. He with me today from Soul of the South Side and Black and White on BGR. But the two special guests I got for you today is from the Bears Essential Podcast. I call these brothers the Don Cornelius of Bears Podcasting because they so smooth. I got Prez and Dub in the building. How you fellas doing? Hey, first of all, man, thank you for that great uh, introduction, man. And Don Cornelius, I like that. That was a throwback, man. My mom's would be happy when she hit that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like What's guaranteeing you'll never see me in the Soul Train line. Hey, man, listen, we can be out there like Walter. Y'all remember that clip, man, with Walter from, from YouTube on the Soul Train line? He tore that thing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> he killed it, man. But again, King Mac, thank you for having me on the show, man. It's a pleasure, man. And like Fred said, man, the introduction was legit, man. Appreciate that, bro. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I got to be real. You brother smooth, man. I, I can't lie. You know, y'all do y'all thing over there on, on the bad side, you know. So with all this Bears information, you know, coming in, I would like to get you brother start on uh, them hiring Ryan Poles. So you finally got yourselves a... Uh, and yes, I got to bring it up because he happens to be a brother. You finally got yourselves a brother Light running the legend. show. Be specific. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the last skins ain't coming back, baby. Coming back. <laughs> we so, in the house, Dub. We in the house. So what hey, you man, guys think uh, about him? So I'm, I'm just going to kick it off real quick, Dub. When it comes to polls, um, I liked it because it seemed like they were unanimous on this pick all the way around. And the best part about it, he comes from the Kansas City Chiefs. He comes from a winning program. And the only problem that I had with it is his name was Ryan. You know, I, I just – sorry, I just got to be a homer with that. Ryan and Matt again, but that's the only problem I had with it. Other than that, I love it. I really did, man. Seeing a brother, man, pulling up the way he did, got a little swag to him. He's a former bear. He played here. And that smoke that he handed out in the press conference, fellas, and y'all heard what he said. We taking this fucking taking this damn conference back. Come on, man. If y'all had to come away from that press conference fired up, I don't know. You ain't a real Bears fan. Take that shit off you. If you wearing a hat right now, take that shit off because that shit fired me up. Yeah, I was excited hey. to hear that part. I mean, last time we heard somebody say they want to take the, the North, at least we actually went to the Super Bowl, and that was with Lovey Smith when he did his press conference. So yeah, that kind of fired me up too. I agree with you there. Yeah, man, you add to that fact of, you know, this guy, you know, got some good experiencing, you know, in the scouting world. He knows what he's doing. He knows his job. I mean, like Fred said it on the head, man, all that. He came with the, ready for the smoke when he came on board with his press. 
And then you think about it, man, this guy is just as humble as anyone, man. He wants to get the job done. He's confident in his abilities. Those kind of some of those qualities, those intents we look at when you look at a leader um, within an organization. So as a GM, man, I'm kind of proud of this brother. And as a minority myself, man, it was legit to see someone very well qualified for the role and willing to step into that limelight. So uh, he really wants it all, man, and um, wants to do a great job here in Chicago. And he understands the culture, too. So you think about the Chicago Bears culture, where we come from, man, about playing tough defense, trying to win. I mean, he gets the DNA here, man. And real, right, quick, and real quick, I'm sorry, Justin, shout out to George McCaskey, because any people that listen to this show that's from Chicago and saw that my man pulled up on him at the baggage claim and picked him up, shout out to George, because I'm not picking nobody up from O'Hare Airport at all. So shout out to George McCaskey for that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Dub, just to go back what you were talking about, you know, hard-nosed Chicago cultured guys, look at his assistant GM, Ian Cunningham from Philly. That lets me know you want guys that got boots on the ground. All of these fucking high-profile uh, hires hasn't been working in Chicago because motherfuckers ain't been getting their knuckles dirty. I got President A-Dub at the Senior Bowl right now. If we had one of these suits and ties, they'd be having fucking monetized in fucking Mexico right now, waiting on some type of Super Bowl parlay. Right, so, right, right. George, getting out right. of the way. And getting football guys in the crib, that's how you get Howard's Hall back. And so I, even though I'm kind of skeptical with ownership, that's the, the worst mom-and-pop operation in <laughs> fucking America um, outside of the Chicago Cubs. But we got, we got uh, hey. <laughs> football guys in the house, boots on the ground, people. And to Justin's point, this is our first assistant GM. So, I mean, I think that means something, too, because to your point, not only that, but, man, the staff, the way that they've assembled the staff this quickly, they're not playing around. And I, and I like that. It seemed like they're ready to get to work. Matt Eberflus was down here at Senior Bowl. The fact that he had had his press conference, gotten hired, and was already down here at Mobile, I was like, man, this guy, he's ready to work. And I like that as a Bears fan. That shows that he's ready to go. And he was looking at them D-linemen, Justin. He was falling all over them dudes. Oh, yeah. You, you, already, know, you already know who he is, bro. He like people that don't know Matt Eberflus. You look at him, you see the humble hometown school principal. He's gonna teach you something, smack you on your ass, but he's not gonna lead you astray. When the last time we had that type of leadership in Hallis Hall on the football level, we did it. We got too we got too worried about optics, gimmicks. Matt Nagy mm-hmm. should have never been the head coach of this franchise. It should have been Vic Fangio. Because Fangio was an extension of the best part of the team. Matt Nagy was just the play caller. Right. And that broke the way. Exactly. When your head coach has a ceiling, that's an issue for me. Like Mike Tomlin still has a job because he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a ceiling as a coach. Mm-hmm. I can I can expect him to rise in a lot of different situations. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't say the same about Matt Nagy. Fair point. Don't even get me started on Mark Trestman. John Fox. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Mark Trestman was weak, though. I mean, all, yeah, all the way was. weak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen, he had Lance Briggs coming up to him telling him, man, I'm about to, I'm about to open up this barbecue spot, and you about to do nothing about it. I'm going to be at practice. But he did nothing about <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, that's what What the hell you going to do with uh... Lance Briggs telling you he getting a side job? Well, listen, man, I mean, I don't know about Mark Trestman, man, but if I'm the coach of that squad, man, I don't know about that one. I can't get pumped like that. It was enough that he had 
uh, who's that? Brandon Marshall was punking him too. Uh, A-Dub. I'm like, man, he getting punked by everybody in this damn locker room. <laughs> getting his lunch money he took every day at Halleck's Hall. Every day. <laughs> That's what happens when you import dry whiskey. <laughs> you get you get that all the time. You, you imported this man from Canadian, the Canadian Football League. So I don't understand what they expected with that one, especially after you let go. Uh, you, people can say whatever they want to say about Lovey, but Lovey, as far as wins and losses, was a very successful head coach. He had took them to their only Super Bowl in over 20-plus years, and he had a one, winning season when he got fired, and you bring in this guy after him who, like, man, totally put your organization in a hole, and you really haven't recovered since, honestly, since you made that move. You no, know? you haven't. You haven't, but people don't talk about that. Yeah, it's been bad all around, you know. As a matter of fact, shit, the organization been weak as hell, you know, you know what I mean? They they pick a play call. I mean, Nagy was like fucking just the worst. You know, he was a guy who had no rings but had a big fucking ego. I don't know how you how you right. that fucking Boom. <laughs> yeah, no, you you're right. You're right. And he you know what I'm saying, this is the thing about him. My man just couldn't stay out of the way. You know, we talk about this a lot on our show. He's one of those type of cats. Your grandma in the kitchen. Shit smelling good in there. Like, why your auntie got to be in there fucking with your grandma? That was Matt Nagy. He was an auntie. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Get out of here. Just, man, just fucking things up. That's, that's, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, let's not even talk about him no more. You know, because we got a new page, new chapter over here. Fuck, man. We do. That's it. I mean, I like what Ryan Poe's been doing. I mean, I, I always say he been in blocks. Putting his gloves on, getting to work, you know. I want a left wedge, but I ain't gonna complain. I mean, that's who my <laughs> choice for coach well, was. Well, the guy we got now is pretty good, though, uh, Luke Gaxby, especially with yep. what we want to do with Justin Fields. Because if you're gonna have a mobile quarterback and we want to, you know, pull the guard and run all these RPOs, we gotta have a good passing game coordinator. Think about who Aaron Rodgers is, always on time, the king of cadence at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Mac, I, I told you we was having a conversation about Pat, the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and how Joe Burrow can command the line of scrimmage pre-play a little bit before, you know, and a little bit better than Patrick Mahomes. That's the difference. You're out of pocket. That's the type, that's the type of stuff Luke Gatsby is good at, is keeping a quarterback on time, keeping them in rhythm and keeping them ahead of the chains because those fucking delayed games and false starts, those could kill a drive. Look at mm-hmm. look at what happened to the Chiefs against the Bengals. You think the Bengals just outplayed the Chiefs? No, they got a little bit of help. They got a little a bit little of help. A little bit of help. A little bit of help. You call That's taking right. 10 points off the board a little bit of help. Right. That's a lot of fucking a, help. A little bit. That's a little <laughs> bit of stupid, but I mean, I'm not the one playing the Madden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. First of all, we ain't going to have no Mahomes slander on here. I mean, the yeah, only like, reason, the only reason they, tell the truth. only reason Joe won that game is because Mahomes beat himself. You know what I mean? I'm tired of the overrating of these fucking quarterbacks. Every fucking quarterback, they always elevate ten times to be ten times better than than what the fuck they is. The man put up ten points in the first half. He got gift wrapped it another TD by Mahomes, who threw a fucking interception in his fucking territory. And for some reason, the Kansas City Chiefs 300-pound lineman 
He can't grab the man with two fucking hands and bring him down. Come on, man. And the oh, fucking oh, second quarter, that was fucking bullshit. Now, you, you got more blood boiling now. That was and fucking also, too, that decision to not go for three points, man. What the hell was that play exactly, called, man? Exactly, man. Garbage. Gar- you got then, damn near uh, one of the best kickers in the league in Harrison Bucker. You rather kick, you could kick that motherfucker from Boston and it'll split the uprights <laughs> and you fucking taking points off his feet. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You throwing the game. Chip shot. But we, we you know, you they took me down a rabbit hole with that motherfucking Joe Burrows, Mahomes shit. You know, no slander. He's better than Lamar and they just eat you up. Though. No slander will be tolerated about Mahomes or Lamar. So, you know what I mean? You keep that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what, Mac? I got something on what Justin was saying when he was talking about Luke, and, and I agree with him, especially when it comes to the way that I believe that he's going to work with Justin. I think the RPOs is going to be a big part of things, but you also got to look at the fact that with Nagy and the way that he was utilizing Justin Fields, it was not to his strengths. When I saw this hire, not only I was impressed by the fact that this guy's worked with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers actually respected the guy and liked working with him, but he's young. And he's going to be actually calling the plays because Matt Eberflus has already said this guy's going to do what he's got to do and his defensive coordinator is going to be able to do their jobs. So to the point that Justin was making earlier about Mike Tomlin, the reason why I love him, Mike Tomlin is because he's the CEO of his team. Mm. He's not getting in the kitchen. He's not bothering nobody. He's doing what he needs to do. He's a leader of men. And what did George McCaskey say? He wanted the head coach was going to come in here and be a leader. And that's what we have. And I hope to see this thing through fruition. And I'm being patient with it. I know a lot of Bears fans, they weren't really excited about the hire. It wasn't a home run hire. But listen, we got to let this thing play out. You know what I mean? They wanted a big name. You know what I mean? But big but big name don't Tomorrow always mean. Uh, Lakeshore Drive. Big name don't, doesn't always uh, mean that's the correct pick. You know what I mean? So, or the correct hire. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to be excited because you got to see how the roster pan out. At the end of the day, I mean, I was one of the guys saying that I wasn't really a fan of this Bears roster. I didn't think this Bears roster was that great to begin with as far as it had some missing pieces to it. You had the secondary that was absolutely trash besides one guy. I give you that. Hell of a player. You had the trenches that was fucking missing, especially in the uh, for the offensive line. You know, you had some problems there, some major issues there. Uh, as far as protecting Justin Fields, I think sometimes they said he had an average of two seconds to be able to get rid of the ball. Who the fuck can throw to anybody in two seconds? Uh, I don't even think my boy Mahomes can do that. And then uh, besides, like, Robert Quinn and maybe, you know, Bilal, uh, the trenches for the defensive, the D-line was kind of missing too. It, it, it wasn't that great. No fucking Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks in and out of the lineup. Yeah, you got to think of, uh, think about who Eberflus brought with him. Mac, our secondary was trashed. It was looking mm-hmm. like a full diaper the whole season. Allen Williams was the yep. reason the Colts stayed top ten in points allowed because mm-hmm. nothing over my head, and you're gonna be kicking these motherfucking field goals in the red zone. That's what the Bears needed. We were abysmal in the red zone last year. Front office want to clean that up. I got Ryan Poles and fucking Ian Cunningham making sure I stay well below the cap because that's what they're here for. They're here to do the hard work so we don't have to blow all this bag in free agency. We could we had boots on the ground at the Senior Bowl. That wasn't that accident. 
So we're going fi- to fix the team. And I think we recognize that our defense, more than our quarterback situation, needs to get reassured fast. Well, that's one thing I was excited about when he said he was going to build through the draft. That's one of the ways he was going to build the squad. I think in order to be successful in the NFL, you have to be able to build through the draft because you're not going to be able to assign top-tier free agencies every year, year in and year out. So I was excited to hear that. I just think the brother got a lot of work to do, man. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the wide receiver core, Darnell Mooney, he's a solid player, but he might be just a two or three. I think eventually you have to give Fields that serious weapon. Montgomery, nobody can complain about him. Solid. Very solid player. Very yep. solid running back. Uh, I think he's probably underrated, honestly, in my opinion. He should be getting oh, more love yeah. than he's uh, receiving. But I just think, man, he got he got a lot of work to do on the roster side. So it's really, I'm kind of like waiting to see. I need to see how this roster going to pan out. And I think Bears fans do have to get more patient because I don't think there's going to be like a quick one-year turnaround or anything like that. No. And they also going to have to be patient with fucking Fields. You know what I mean? I think he has the potential to be a star, no doubt. But he got a fucking unprogrammed for whatever the fuck Nagy, you know, was putting in his head. So it's going to be some issues with that as well, I think. So I think Bears fans better put on a seatbelt and get a little patient. So one thing I got to say to that, Mac, is when you saw Ryan Pohl speaking in his presser, he said he feels it's going to be more of a retooling than more of a rebuild. So it sounds like when he looks at this roster, he sees potential. And I think that the roster isn't in as bad shape as a lot of people think. I think our problem is with that salary cap. And it's due to what you were mentioning about when you don't hit in the draft, you got to then fix mistakes through free agency. That was Ryan Pace special right there. So, Ryan Poles does not have an enviable job trying to clean up the mess. However, I think once he makes some of these tough decisions that are coming down the pipeline, Bears Nation, a lot of your favorite players probably will not be on this team this season. But I think once he kind of gets through that, I think we'll be okay, man. I think the big key is seeing the plan for Justin Fields and getting us a damn number two corner over there. And like you said, getting him some weapons. Because when you look at some of these playoff games out here and you see the weapons that a Mahomes, that a Allen, that a Joe Burrow have, Justin Fields don't have one single guy like that on this roster. True. Amen. That's why I say you really can't judge Justin Fields this season. I mean, yeah, the fucking uh, coach that really didn't want to start him. You know, he wanted he had his own agenda he had going on. Uh, he w- he never really got to practice with the first team during uh, camp. You know what I mean? Bullshit. That was so – that was some sabotage, yeah. debauchery yep. bullshit, yep. bro. Yep. I yep. mean, so that's why I say you can't judge really Justin Fields this year. I mean, we didn't really we, – we seen glimpses of what he can do arm talent-wise, but as far as, you know, making a good assessment on him as a quarterback, I don't think anybody can do that because it was just too much turbulence going on with the Bears, you know. What are some of the so first – working against them. What are some of the first hardcore cuts you guys would like to see from this Bears roster? Who 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 is the – Sacred cow that you think uh, Ryan Poles will be getting rid of? I'm probably, I got to start with Hakeem Hicks, not that I want this to happen, because I have ultimate respect for him, heart and soul to defense. Even though he was in and out of the lineup, he just brought a different juice to that defense. You guys saw it. When he was out, that defense was way different defense. When he played, 
man, those guys, they were flying to the football and playing their asses off, but I just don't see him coming back. I just don't see it. He even saw the right on the wall. I don't see that one happening. That's the first person that kind of pops to mind for me. Yeah, my um, – uh, go ahead, Doug. I know it's probably going to sound weird, but, you know, um, Eddie Goldman didn't look too great this past season. Um, he didn't like he was a big part of what we were looking for for him a few years back, and he didn't still seem to see the same guy or have that same impact. So he's a guy that could possibly, you know, be on that, on that, on that, situ- in that situation, man, it's Hicks. So, um, you know, uh, well, similar to that part of it. But you just never know, man, because Eddie Goldman just wasn't the same guy he once was. But why do you think that was? I mean, because we talked about that, like we kind of skimmed over that earlier. I mean, what do you think it was? I mean, because this guy sat out this season, right? And we had all the bullshit that was going on in training camp where we didn't know if he was going to play. He sat out a lot. Then this season, he pretty pretty much sat out most of 2021. He had, what, one game that we were kind of raving about. The rest of it was just trash. So, I mean, what do you think it was with him? I don't, the thing is, Perez, with him, man, I'm not so sure with the whole COVID thing and all that stuff that's going around with him, Perez. And, you know, it's been a lot of rumors around him that he wanted to play, didn't want to play. And then we saw, you know, um, doing some of the training camp, people like he was ready. And then the season, things just kind of got away from him, man. And he just didn't fit fit in with this team or with the chemistry with it. So um, he felt like the eye balled out, really, you know. And I wonder that if that played a major part in it as well. So I don't really know, man, for sure what happened to him. But it seems like everything surrounding him, man, just hasn't been good. Yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't have the motivation, some of them guys, to really go out there and play. But then again, I hate that argument as well because I believe, you know, you should take pride in being a professional and no matter what's going on, you should be giving it 100%. Right. That's but, right. especially, when you, especially when you put on a bearish uniform because I'll tell you one thing, would that means something, it stands something not only for – the people that should be playing on the team, but people that do play on the team, but it means something for the fucking fan base. I mean, look at Bears Twitter. Half the time, that thing's on fucking fire. And I know a lot of people clown it and, and you know, and make jokes, but a lot of, I look through the weeds with that, and I say, man, that's passion. These are people that want to win. They see all these teams in the league right now with legitimate offenses, and that's what they want for their team. So it's like, for me, when I look at like how Bears Twitter sometimes fighting and stuff with each other, Man, I look through that and I'm like, man, you know, they just want to see their team be successful. And right now, man, I'm just really hopeful that Matt and Ryan can bring that tradition back because we need that. We need to what you were saying earlier, Mac. When Lovey came in here, what was his goal? Beat Green Bay. What happened to right. that? Yeah. We haven't beat Green Bay since that was Lovey Go. Honestly, <laughs> we've been getting our ass handed to us. <laughs> it's been a lot of blowout games. It's been a, a lot of times I turned at halftime like, fuck this, man. Get I haven't watched a team, lot of man. Green Bay Bears uh, games in its entirety. I ain't going to lie to you. I'll probably get like 30, 30% through the way and be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you can't take the shit. It's like consistently being fucking – Punched in the face or something, man, when you watch a, a Bears Packers game and you know it's over. Like, you don't legit have a shot, like, after the fucking second quarter. You know the game is just out of control, you know. And, and people got mad at fucking Rodgers. I didn't get mad. He, he he made a fucking correct statement. You know what I mean? So, it, it, as a Bears fan, you hate to see it, but I, I, I respect I'm not calling Aaron Rodgers massa. That's what he made me do as a Bears fan. He made me call him <laughs> massa, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> this is the thing, though. As you said, the fans seemed like they were more pissed off about that than the players on the team. Yeah. And my whole point about that is you got to have pride, man. This guy came in your house, stomped on your couch like Rick James, and what we do when we went up to Lambo, we didn't do shit about it. Nothing. Nada. 
Not as a team. That's disrespectful. Uh, guys. Definitely not as a team, but I will say Robert Quinn, man, he's the only long soldier out there battling fighting man with that Bears DNA on there. So I got to give Robert Quinn some credit, man, because that guy played his ass off. But the rest of the unit, as you always saying, coaching staff, they need to take a lot of heat for that, for sure. And I feel bad because I put Robert Quinn on the back of a milk cart after the uh, previous season before this. When I said the man was missing, you know what I mean? It was a fucking terrible signing. Where where has he gone, man? You know where's Waldo? Like, that's what that's what, that's what I did to Robert Quinn. And he came, came back out. on your ass. Yeah, he, he shut and me. You up. know what, Mac? Mac, you weren't the only one. There's a lot of people. See the receipts out there. There's a lot of people that conveniently forgot that they was writing them up. We had to give them a public apology on our show because we were up as well. But hey, that's the sack king, new team record. Man, shout out to Robert Quinn, man. Yeah, I respect Sir. you brothers doing that. You know, a lot of people wouldn't act, try to act like they never wrong and shit. So, hey, that's a great job on you guys behalf. Yeah, that's the accountability factor. Some people got it, some people don't. You you can't let Robert Quinn end last season with that fucking taste in his mouth Shit. because he's gonna he's gonna turn into a relentless, driven, goal oriented man. And you see what that did breaking records. He's one of the all time bear greats. In That's about right. a year and a half worth of production. That's amazing. And who saw that coming? I didn't. Nobody. No. I didn't see I it. mean, if you thought anybody was going to break a sack record on this team, you thought it was going to be 52. Right. 50 deuce, right. You know what I'm saying? I, and, where I, is he? and most of this production came when Khalil Mack was on IR. Exactly. The team was a game planner against Robert Quinn. He still was stunting on those fools. Yeah, he was getting double teamed and everything. Still performed. You know, I, I give you that. Speaking of Khalil Mack, I'm a little worried about Mack because of the uh, injuries. He's getting older, not younger. Uh, maybe the new head coach being defensive-minded may uh, kind of rejuvenate him, give, give him a second uh, a breath of fresh air, if you want to say. Are you guys worried about Mack any? Do you think uh, his production will steadily decline because of his health or what are you guys' thoughts on Khalil? My my concern with Khalil is the fact that he's a warrior, and he's going to play through damn near anything. And that's what you see with that injury that he had this season. They should have actually put him on IR earlier in the season, and he probably wouldn't have ended up on the list for, out for the whole year. Because when you leave that decision to Khalil Mack's hands, he's going to be out there with his brothers. And I think that's the thing. Khalil Mack just plays through so many injuries. And you have to think about his style of play. For Khalil Mack and where he's rushing the passer, he's going up against a lineman that are probably 70, 80 pounds bigger than him. He's getting double, triple team. He's taking a pounding out there, you know what I mean, a beating. And with a situation like that, it's only going to continue to get worse for him. But that's why it's so cool to see Robert Quinn stepping up like that because now I'm hoping that they can now devote some of that attention over to 94 and maybe Khalil Mack can see more one-on-one matchups. But – the thing with Bruno, Khalil Mack is he just plays to a lot of injuries, Mack. That's that's really what it comes down to. I'm with you there, Perez. And the thing is, like you're saying, man, sometimes you got to protect the player from himself, you know. And think about this here, man. When him and Robert Quinn was playing together this season, they were playing very well. They was getting the sacks. They were, what, one and two somewhere around that press duo with sacks. I mean, those guys were doing phenomenal. So I'm hoping that Khalil Mack, you know, was okay and fully healthy because um, once he's that way, man, it's, it's, there's no stopping him. That guy's still a force. He's still legit. Yeah, I mean, he he legitimately, what was that, 2018, he legitimately kind of took over, man. One of, one of the huge reasons we even made it to the playoffs that year, you know. 
and the reason why Mag Maggie was coach of the year. You are yeah. correct. It should have went to uh, how Vic. The fuck, <laughs> how the fuck Vic was the big loser out of all of that? How? Dude, right? Because that's what you, you got Matthew. He throws people under the bus. You know what I'm saying? Y'all all work with people like this. Point that you know, um, Chris is going down, man. Um, you know, you gotta think about you know on the other side of the table, man. Um, who was all part of it? And you all know how it is, man. Coaching staff and all that stuff, man. The, the, the Nagy, his his role and everything, and always want to take the full credit. But like Chris is saying, you know how Nagy threw everybody on the bus, man. That just shows you that you know what him being the last man standing means that he was the, he was the problem of everything that's going on, not everyone else. Yeah, I mean he he didn't take any accountability. That's for sure. You know, so I think we all should be happy that Nagy is out the door, you know. And and the sad part is, I can't lie, I, I capped for Nagy because I thought anybody who could get fucking Trubisky to the playoffs worked wonders because I just don't believe Tris, Trubisky is a redeemable type player or even or should be an NFL quarterback, to be honest. But <laughs> Oh, man, Trubisky, a different story, man, different story. And the thing is, you know how it is. I look at two things we think about a guy like Trubisky. I look at Trubisky himself, right? Can he continue to grow and evolve as a player? And I also look at the coach who's actually working with him as well. Can you help the guy get to that next level? And the thing is that that comparison together, that marriage just didn't work at all, really, because um, part of it was part of the coaching staff. They couldn't help this guy continue to grow. We have a good season with the right, make the playoffs, right? You go 12 and four, then next year, this guy just drops like a fly, right? Remember, he went to the Pro Bowl. No one talks about that. Trubisky went to the Pro Bowl, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he was that great of a quarterback, but he went to the Pro Bowl, which means we all thought that, you know what? We know we missed out on the other quarterback, Watson, but it looks like this guy can probably grow a little bit. But then again, everything went south, right? And that's because of guys like Nagy can't make adjustments. He can't play the strengths. So those are things that no, come the bike. Definitely a ceiling. Coach. Yep. Definitely a ceiling to what Matt Nagy was doing. You could tell he went from – using Mitch to attack towards the end zone to making sure Mitch stays in bounds and don't turn the ball over. Like, I think he had 11 touchdowns his last season. Like, what the fuck are we going to do with that? And then you sitting here getting up on at the podium talking about, I'm not an idiot. We're going to run the ball. Yeah, why is Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball 35 to 55 times a game, Matt? Right. What are you doing? You Just because uh, Montgomery gets two to three yards on a carry, that doesn't mean stop running the ball. You still got to chip away, pound at it. Maybe he'll bust one. He could break tackle. You can't abandon a run just because you're not getting the amount of success you think you're getting. Get some continuity. Yeah, and that's pretty much where you're going down the path of Justin is and Nagy as a play caller. Nagy sucked as a play caller in Chicago. It's probably the worst, one of the worst play calls I've ever seen, man. And uh, the fact that he couldn't get it right, and you hit a good point about running the football – um, we didn't do a good job of running the football as much as we should have with Montgomery. So, again, that still falls on the head coach right there, you know, uh, Nagy. Things start to turn around a little bit when Nagy gave up the play calling to Bill Lazor, right? We start to see some things turn around a little bit from an offensive standpoint. But, again, that's all falls on the Nagy and his ego and what he wants to do. And then he took a play calling again this season. It was a total disaster. You know what's crazy is all Matt has to do, not Matt Nagy, the new coach, all he has to do is hand the ball, get the ball to uh, – Montgomery 25 times and Bears fans would be happy just with that alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Luke Getsy, man. Hey, hit him wrong. Ball off to Montgomery, man. You'll be, you'll be good with the plans here, man. 
to right. do that part because everyone knows how good Montgomery really is, man. And you talked about already King Mac, the dude's a workhorse, man. So, um, and again, just you hit on the head for breaking tackle. So you having a guy like that who's an underrated back who deserves a lot more credit he's getting. I mean, let that guy run the football, man, make some great things happen, which makes Justin Fields' job a lot easier. No doubt. And then we got a two-headed monster too with Khalil Herbert, who is a really he's really good at changing the pace. You could see when Matt does the sub and the swap. A lot of counter runs, a lot of off-tackle runs. Those are patient. Those are using your running back's vision to find out where the holes were. It wasn't like our line was getting to the second level at the point of attack. So he had to, you know, sometimes even initiate contact to get some positive yards. I like Khalil Herbert. So if you're going to give me Monty and Herbert and Justin Fields, imagine having all three of those guys on on the field at the same time in a red zone situation. I wouldn't see my fucking kicker for three. I'll see him for one. <laughs> right. And that's, the thing is, you both, I'm like a pleasure both Khalil Herbert, Justin, uh, because um, we saw what happened when Montgomery got hurt, man. Khalil Herbert held it down. I mean, that guy yes. was getting the rushing yards. He was running hard, man, running great. Like you said, change of pace. I mean, the, the kid got some tools, man, and um, you like about that. So having two running backs, man, is even better. So we don't have to worry about overutilizing Montgomery. He was Khalil Herbert as well. Yeah. I want to see the running game return. I mean, shit, I always say the middle linebacker and the running back are the two most important positions in the the Bears uniform just because of the history of those positions uh, for the Bears, you know. So I agree. Get get a man the ball, and he'll be all pro easily. I think Montgomery will be all pro. pro. You better give Roquan Smith his roses right now, Mac. Because you've been capping for a whole season. Ooh, give him, ooh, give him his Talk to him. Rose. Talk to him. What did he say? He say those tackles are empty calories. <laughs> what did that call it? Oh, no. Damn. A, a bowl of fruit hoops, not fruit loops, fruit hoops. Man, we, we got a Cubs fan on the show, and the energy comes towards the south side. I'll be damned. But <laughs> you know what you know you know what they always say it's about the smoke room, man. <laughs> but uh, since we're gonna go there, I mean, I'm a Bears fan, so as a Bears fan, as you fellas know, history is important. When I look at the middle linebacker position, you got Buckets, you got Singletary, you got Erlacher, and then you got Roquan Smith. When I put Roquan up against those three guys, which are the elite of the elite of the elite, I don't see him in that category. So I'm not saying the man is trash, garbage, he's not a good player. I'm just saying as far as bad standards, he haven't reached those standards for me yet. That's all. It's not personal. That's just how I look at it. You know what, Mac, you bring in the Moncada argument to Roquan because you got to think. You would rate Yoan Moncada probably the second, third, maybe the fourth best White Sox third baseman. You would rank Roquan Smith probably third, fourth, maybe even fifth as you, far as like a, a third. How about. could he be third, bro? He's not over Erlacher. He's not over Singletary. He's not over If Buckets. Roquan give me a ring, he over Erlacher just off merit alone because the production will not dip. And you know how inflated his stats. I'm not putting that man over Erlacher. Erlacher could cover tight ends, running backs, and he also could do. Erlacher got hair now. And he also could do what Roquan is doing. Don't look like (laughs) Ross over that part. I don't trust that. And he can make tackles. 
This what man grew a scalp, way? and he fucking <laughs> capping for him on the smoke room. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I, I'm not putting Roquan over a lot. I mean, well, I would say this to his, to his point though. Would it, would it not change if he got us a ring because Erlacher didn't get the ring for us? That wouldn't change for you? No, it wouldn't change. Okay, okay. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Roquan got some deficiencies in his game that Erlacher doesn't have. That's just being real. Erlacher can do what, what Roquan is doing now. Erlacher was great at that, but also great at covering. Calling plays for the defense. He was very cerebral out there. So, you know, only thing he did wrong was get run over by the bus. But we can forgive him for that. And not fucking tackling. And he got shook by he got he got shook by Tom Brady, who hit him mm. with the George Strait two step. Yeah, but I don't you know <laughs> I don't get I, I'd rather Aaron Rodgers, he should have ran the fuck over Aaron Rodgers when he had the chance in the NFC Championship game yep. when he had the interception. Yep. That's what lit his ass up. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh, Tom Brady and Jukin don't care about. But the bus running them over, that's embarrassing. And him not running Aaron Rodgers over, those are two things I I can't forgive him for really. But other than that, I can't put Roquan with Erlacher, and that's just being honest. I can't do it. I got one thing on Roquan. I mean, obviously, huge for huge respect for him, all pro, all that good stuff. The one thing about his game that I do nitpick about, and, and A-Dub can tell you this, I talk about it on the show a lot. I don't like his approach to when he comes up to hit. He does that little weird leg swing thing when he's going in to make a tackle. I hope they kind of clean that up with him with this new staff. He's got to hit with power, man. Drive through people, you know, so that's my only thing. But other than that, Roquan's that deal. Yeah, see, now you're getting into the minutia, as they say. <laughs> you know, uh, I think I hope they can teach him to cover better. Honestly, okay, I mean, okay. I think that kind of hurts the Bears' defense a little bit because it allow uh, them little short crossing routes to kind of always be open, which give a offense easy yards. So I hope they can he- help him out with coverage. They probably can't. I mean, Roquan is also small. Is he not? You know, Dick Bucket sides or. Um, Hurt like a size. He, he, you know, he's a smallish linebacker. But I'm not saying the man is trash. You know, that's 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 how Justin making out to be. I'm not saying the man is garbage. I'm just saying when I look you, at you're disrespecting him today on a Sunday right now, Matt. I'm you want to say you want him to get better at fucking coverage? Look at his secondary. Y'all like I handing mean, out candy you. though. You like handing no. out candy, Justin. I'm not this ain't no candy. candy. Yes, it is candy, bro. This you can't say that man up there with Erlacher. Erlacher a Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer. Singletary, the same thing. Dick Bucks is the same thing. That's the legacy he has to live up to in order for me to say he's in the pantheon of middle linebackers for you the Chicago Bears. Grow up. <laughs> yeah, okay. He said grow up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like when people talk running backs. This is a different story for the Bears. You know what I mean? It's just certain positions with the Bears that – you have to, you know, elevate your game if you want to be talked about or remembered as far as the Bears go, you know. Because there's levels to it, right? There's exactly. levels, especially that running back position. There's sweetness and then it's the rest. Yeah, there's levels to this shit, like you said. I mean, that's a true statement. So it, Man, I don't have anything against Roquan. Old heads, like y- old heads like y'all is the reason Dick Buckets is on social media 
bothering people because y'all done played at grandpa's head. Y'all done plugged his phone back into the charger. He even brought his friend Jim McMahon out to play. Yep, and they looking yep. like two grandpas on parade because y'all be gassing them up. Hey, man, Dick Buckets was out there clotheslining people. Yeah, he, he played in the NFL when the NFL didn't care about concussions or nothing. It With was all grimy out there. All hey, grimy just, out there. Hey, Justin over there called us old heads, but listen, the 85 Bears are still relevant because of us. Exactly. Dudes were, they, the dudes in this town, they still ain't buying dinners. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As they shouldn't buy dinners. A, that's a fucking legendary team, you know what I mean? Justin wasn't even thought of then, you know, so... Only thing he seen I was, was highlights. That was the idea, goddammit. Mind your business. Yeah, you wasn't even thought of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why you think Roquan is so great. You you probably was a baby when Erlacher was playing, wasn't he? What you was about? What you was about? 10 years old, baby. I was potty so, trained. Mind your business, man. See, why you gotta do that? Still walking around with a soggy ass diaper on. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, stop putting, I, I mean, Roquan, good player. But you're not finna just fucking hand out candy on the smoke room now. Because I'm going to give you the smoke. You know what I mean? Because uh, when I think of middle linebackers, I already told you my three. And he doesn't fit that profile right now. Maybe he will one day. Stay I don't tuned, know. Right? Exactly. <laughs> he still got time. Very young player. But you're just not finna elevate him like that. You know what I mean? Well, he got a big mega extension on, on the books probably coming up. $20 million plus. So, uh, how we thinking? How we feeling about that? They're going to have to pay him. You gotta pay him. I mean, he's he's probably I give him a t- he's top six middle linebacker in the league. You know what I mean? He's he, he's a, he's a he's a good player, very good player. Uh, it's just he plays in the Bears uniform, so it's a different way of judging players. But he's very good. You know what I mean? I'm saying came back and he played somewhere else. He'll be better. He'll be getting more accolades that he played somewhere else. That's what you're saying, King Mac. I want to make sure I'm with you on this. Yeah, he, he, for me, he would be. Yeah, he'd be getting more accolades he played. But when you're in a Bears uniform, you got to look at what we've seen, Doug. Look at what we've seen. That's true, too. I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with you on that part of it. I think I also understand Justin's point, too, when he's like, you know what? He does deserve some more credit, though. I'm not saying he's those other guys you mentioned already, big bucks. We're talking about legendary. But the thing is, what he's doing right now, these past couple of seasons, man, it deserves some praise and deserves some accolades. That's all I'm saying there, King Matt. Give him his fucking I agree with you. you I, I mean, empty calories was a little rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, 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 that's why I had to bring that one up. Yeah, I, I, I called him. I basically I said he was out there throwing lettuce around. You know what I mean? It serves no nutritional value. So I, I was a little rough when I said that. You know what I mean? But I, but I was at my wits' ends with the fucking bed. Hey, I get evil. I, you know, I get evil DMs anyway, so it don't matter. So I take more. Socks thing, I guess it's the white socks thing. So I let it go. I ain't worried about all that. <laughs> oh, so now you about to just turn the you about yeah. to just turn the double barrels on yourself now, huh? Okay. Hey, nah, nah. With this, you know, Cubs talk. You know, you done fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah, damage already been done already. We heard Mac <laughs> about twenty minutes ram about that man. Damage done already, Justin. You got to be <laughs> man. <laughs> You know what? I can't say that really because my team bombed out on me in the playoffs. They they do a motherfucking thing, <laughs> so ain't nothing really like. As a matter of fact, oh, they they got smacked around out there. The Astros smacked us around, made us uh, look bad. Uh, it was like everything some people said came true as far as the division <laughs> was weak, and we get to the playoffs and we looked scared. 
Everybody yeah. except for T.A., Abreu, Luis Roberts, and, and Leroy Garcia. Everybody else looks scared. Grandel forgot how to catch, which is the number one job of a catcher, is to catch the damn baseball. He forgot how to catch. You don't even want to throw the ball. Hey, the guys are stealing bases on you, man. I'm like, you got to catch that scared. Oh man, y'all! Well, our pitchers, our pitchers don't hold anybody on. That's so we exactly put Grandal in, in a in a in a bad situation. Right. Uh, yeah, Mac, the whole fucking rotation shit the bed. We actually look like the Cubs in one of these wild card situations. <laughs> the last what four years? I know every time, every time. I'm like, I've seen this team before. Yeah, it was it was all bad, man. I was, I you know, I'm like, what the fuck? The first game, just. Lynn, he just fucking whatever. He was just throwing meatballs out there. And they was crushing him, as they should. And then uh, mm-hmm. Mankata didn't show up. You know, wasn't really a surprise for me then. You know, I've been getting on him ever since. But on White Sox Twitter, you know what I mean? Because he can do the cha-cha slide and, and motherfucking mm-hmm. uh, sing some verses. And he take walks. You know what I mean? He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I'm not giving him them accolades. And... uh Grandel didn't show up. I mean, I understand he had a knee problem, needed surgery or whatever the case may be, but he couldn't do the simple task of catching and blocking, which is two major things you need to be able to do as a catcher, and he couldn't perform those tasks. And to all the metrics community out there, I told y'all ask this. Before the knee surgery, I told y'all. I said, Grandel will be the type of catcher that cost you in the playoffs because he can't do the simple tasks that catchers are responsible for, which means block the baseball and catch the baseball. He can't do that. I don't care about framing and all this shit y'all done came up with to try to say this man is an elite catcher. No, he's not. Defensively, he's absolutely ass. And I said it, and it's the fucking truth. So y'all need to stop with all that bullshit framing. Who gives a fuck? In the playoffs, you know what matters? My pitcher can throw his curveball in the dirt, and it's going to get blocked, and nobody's going to advance if they on base, and he can catch the fucking baseball. Yes, those things matter in the playoffs. So, Ooh, we Mac, Mac, Mac came wow. for you today. He was ready today. Yeah, tired of this <laughs> shit. They just create all this shit out their ass. Football headed that way next, though. They they create they better leave they better leave my sport alone. Oh, it's coming. They coming. Oh no, with the with the betting and everything else, everybody gonna be pencil and paper now. You just gonna be a probability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody looking it's at coming, man. Share, you know all this mean? other shit. You already got PFF, but they do PFF do a better job than the baseball metrics community because at least they watch the game. Least it, 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 it depends. It depends. Some of them cats, I'm like, bro, shut up. You don't know what the fuck you talking about either. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you talked about it earlier. They're not taking three points. That's our metrics community. That is metrics. They, they, yeah. they leaving points on, off the board, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's costing them the game. I don't see how they don't see this, but it's costing them games, you know. So they coming y'all way, and I can't wait because I'm going to be tuned in because then y'all going to be going after them like me. And it's fun. It's fun to go after that. It really is. Social media terrorists. You just waiting on it. You know what I mean? You know, then we go, they going to call y'all dinosaurs and shit. Oh, them some dinosaurs. Yeah. 
Old heads over there, old heads. Yeah, old heads. Yeah. <laughs> you, they don't understand the game. The numbers. Yeah. All that old game pass I don't remember 1985. Well, you weren't born, so you shouldn't remember 1985. But you got YouTube, so it's still no excuse. So you still can see greatness. You still can see greatness, and that way you won't be handing out candy and comparing Roquan to the greatness that the Bears had in the middle of the field. We won't be making these errors you're making right now. You know what I mean? But then again, he's a Moncada stand, so you like uh, mediocrity. I ain't saying Roquan is mediocre but i'm just saying anybody who's a makata stand you know i don't know how you whether you're to be fucking stand about two home runs a month two home runs a month oh look how pretty his swing is i mean what the fuck like what is this this is not a fucking swimsuit edition baseball is not fucking uh uh sports (laughs) illustrated swimsuit edition man baseball ain't a fucking modeling catalog bro it's performance bro my man gave us two home runs per month two well i would say this roquan's under 25 we give him a little bit more time the guy still hasn't even hit his uh his roquan primary. is we can't even compare you on moncada to roquan roquan is on another level when it comes to that the man is performing mm-hmm. he had a shitload of tackles all yep. pro all i pro. give the man his due respect i'm just saying erlacher changed games we've seen that yeah, uh, Singletary changed games. Dick Buckus, I didn't see it, but if you go to YouTube, he changed games. He's a legend for a reason. I'm just saying, when I look at Roquan, very solid player, very good player, I just don't see him changing games like uh, those guys did, you know, uh, as far as making impact. I'm talking about, like, serious, impactful plays. I, I don't see it, but... Like you said, he's young, and mm-hmm. I mean his career. I'd be lying if I didn't say it, it haven't been off to a good start. The man is, is all doing, pro start. Don't yeah. undersell it. Just say he's been an all pro. I'm not going. Yeah, I'm gonna get a man would, his rose. And I would and I would say this. I am excited to see what the new defensive coordinator and the staff has planned for him because there's been a lot of times where I've questioned why isn't Roquan being sent on blitzes? Oh, I mean, right. the guy I agree. is a fucking. He's a blur. Yeah. So a lot of that could be just the way that he's being utilized as well. So we'll see because they That's they didn't unlock him in his last defense. Yeah, you can't with Nagy. Everything is suspect. You know what I mean? You really you really don't know what to say about any of these players because they was up under fucking Nagy. You know what I mean? And we all that's what I mean about optics. We all got caught up in the optics club dub. Easy able to hashtag that shit club dub able to. Do your shoulder lean and shit, but we, but, but it was some fucking glaring holes on the field, and we seen that this man was really not that good. But we got lost in the sauce, as I like to say. You know what I mean? We we got lost. It's the truth. But other than that, I give Roquan is just do Justin. You know what I mean? I ain't like you. I don't go around making disparaging statements against. Very good players like you do with Lamar Jackson. I don't go around saying, "Uh-oh, just you know." He's a good quarterback. I'm seeing, I'm seeing. He's a very good quarterback. He might even win MVP one day. He might win MVP. Well, he already did win one MVP yet. one day. Ain't no might. Okay. Yeah, my bad. He got actual accolades. Actual. 
It's in the record book. That's a partition. That's participation right there. No, that ain't. MVP trophies is not participation trophies or rings. His production dropped off every year since his MVP. Bro, he playing with guys that was dropping dimes. I watched his games. Hollywood Brown was dropping damn near three passes per game. When your best playmaker is the tight end, Mark Andrews is that guy for the Ravens. His receivers are trash, man. Yeah. You can say the same about the Chiefs. If Tyreek Hill wasn't that fast, it would be an average wide receiver court too. What? Think about Mahomes and, Kel- Mahomes and Kelsey is, is the exact same relationship as Lamar to Mark Andrews. Man, Tyreek Hill is way better than – you're not even finna even – bro. Have you been smoking early? It's too early to light up the bus. It is the smoke room. Come on, bro. No. Did you roll it? Yeah. You might didn't roll Tyreek it. If you let somebody else roll it, they might have put something if in he, there. If he was just if he wasn't if he wasn't as fast as he is running those fucking drag patterns, he can catch though, bro. eight seconds. Yeah. You missing that part. If the ball lands in his Tyreek hand, he's likely to drops, catch it. Especially in the in the Super Bowl against uh Tampa. He had some brutal drops. Yeah, he did. That kept my boy you, from you, you was you you just been hurt about that ever since. It happened like that. You know, Tampa Bay won. The GOAT. The GOAT won that game. It's hard to beat the GOAT. That's why he the GOAT. But to compare Tyreek Hill and Hollywood Brown, that is asinine. <laughs> it's not even they not even close, man. <laughs> I run better routes than Tyreek Hill. You know, they not even close. Ty- Tyreek Tyreek Hill is open somewhere right now. Exactly. <laughs> I think Mahomes said sometimes he just throw the shit up in his direction. That's show you had. Yeah, he did say how, that. how cold that man is. Get that man. He did that and lost respect. the game. He did that in overtime and lost. It was actually a good play by the DB, though. You know what I mean? He yeah. got his hands on the ball. It was a good play by the DB. But Darnell I ain't gonna Mooney lie. catching that. Mahomes looked shook. This playoff, I gotta say it. And I'm a I'm, I'm a Mahomes guy. He looked shook. In the second half against like, the what, Bengals and what, what overtime. Was, what was with all the scrambling? That, that was my problem. What are you doing back there? Yeah, he was running uh, in no, circles. Uh, Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson was destroying uh, Humphrey. It, uh, oh, yeah. Creed Humphrey. Combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He, uh, Creed Humphrey is what? I think he's the best center in the fucking game. But he still but, was running in man. circles, though, Justin. What's up yeah, with yeah, that? Because pocket was destroyed. But why not advance though? Try to get a couple of yards. Why just run in circles in the the, super, in the, back the superhero field? mentality we talked about? Joe Burrow was in that same situation. He just massaged the pressure away and delivered a football to Jamar Chase and T Higgins was. Hey man, if you keep bringing up Joe Burrow's on this show, I'm gonna hit you with the Uncle Ruckus thing. I'm gonna hit you with the Uncle Ruckus thing. Hit Joe Burrow with the Uncle Ruckus. I'm tired of this, bro. Stop bring. Stop comparing that man to Mahomes, please. Stop comparing these quarterbacks. He on his way. He on his way. He's not on his way. What did I say? You've been wrong before, so it's not like this won't be an unlikely situation that you've been wrong again. (laughs) You know what I mean? So anyway, brothers, this the smoke room. At the end of the show, we like to allow our guests to hand out smoke. We'll give you guys the end, the, the, the last part of it. Uh, Justin to hand out smoke first, then me, and then you, you fellas. So who you want to give uh, smoke to, Justin? I got to get a smoke to the fake Moncada fan. Uh, 
everybody want to ride or die for this guy. We thought the 2019 Moncada was the ceiling of that man. And I tell you every fucking week, that's not who he really is. He was never that guy in the minors. He wasn't that guy in the White Sox uniform. Stop praising him for his outlier season. When you go to the game, Somebody you see up. sometimes a passive hitter. You see a, a good glove third baseman. He's a switch hitter. He's optically a player. But don't try to compare him to Chapman, Bregman, Riley. Don't compare him to those guys because it's not that conversation. Especially when you have the fucking proof right in your face. Everybody's got their fucking phone in their hand. Everybody's got a, their eyes on the field. You see what this guy is. Don't overrate him and put yourself in conversations when you don't want to be there. When you don't have the necessary tools, he doesn't have the numbers to back it up outside of taking a couple more walks. He's still K at a 1.8 more clip than he walked. What is that? It's not scoring 100 runs being an on-base guy. All right? Stop overrating him and making me look like a fucking mook on my own show defending Yohan Moncada as a stand just like you. As a fan just like you. <laughs> so you finally woke up, huh? I'm glad. Whatever. I'm glad, I'm glad you come to this side of the line and, you know, you woke up. I don't know. Somebody smashed some, uh, uh, put some water in your face this morning. They woke you up prematurely today, huh? I like that. Uh, the smoke I want to give to is, is for Bears fans who is complaining already about this regime. It's nothing really to complain about. <laughs> we, ha- we haven't seen anything. All he's done is fill out his uh, coaching positions. He hasn't been able to do anything with the roster yet. And he's, you know, to me, he's doing a good job. Uh, He want to bring back some toughness to the Bears, it seemed like. So he went and got a defensive-minded coach for his head coaching position. Uh, He took care of fields with getting a solid offensive coordinator. He brought in an assistant GM for the first time with the Bears, so he's kind of changing the culture with that. And all you guys could do, a lot of you, is cry about who they didn't get as a coach. Who they should have brought in. I just, you know, I don't understand the complaining because we haven't seen the sauce yet. You know what I mean? Right now, he's just boiling, putting the ingredients together and boiling the water and getting ready to cook it up. You know, so it's really nothing to complain about, in my opinion. You know, I understand people want a Jim Harbaugh, but I don't understand why people act like he was just this phenomenal coach who had rings after rings and just dominated the league and was this great winner like he was a Bill Belichick or something you know what I mean so please please just stop the complaining enjoy the fact that Matt Nagy's gone and fucking Ryan Pace who brought us Trubisky and cause he had a fucking Honda or whatever the fuck it was I mean <laughs> we should just be glad that this guy's fucking gone and be happy where well, wanna go next double prayers who y'all got smoke for Hey, I'm giving out smoke to uh, these stat nerds out here. Uh, I saw the foolishness that was going on on Twitter with the David Montgomery elite or not elite. Sp- 
spreadsheet analysis, as I call it, because these fucking idiots don't watch the game. They don't fire up the film. They don't see the lanes that this guy is making yards out of nothing on. And we're going to sit here and look at, oh, because this running back over here has more long rushes and more explosive yardage. But they're not watching the fact that David Montgomery is running behind fucking Sam Mustard. So I'm handing out smoke to these stat nerds, watch the game, and get off my timeline. I like that. I like that. He gave y'all Mr. Miyagi moment. You know what I mean? Take that stat nerds and listen to it. Wax on. Wax off. Watch the fucking game. Good job, Mr. Miyagi. I didn't know Prez was Mr. Miyagi. There we go. Good job. (laughs) What you got, Doug? I'm going to give out some smoke, man, to the NBA. Mm. Here's why. Chicago Bulls have been doing phenomenal, man. I mean, these guys don't get the respect that they deserve out there in the streets, man, across the world because the NBA has not done a good job at putting it out there. They talk more about the Los Angeles Lakers than they do the Chicago Bulls. I mean, Chicago Lakers is a Rob Palenka problem. Let that stay where it's at. Get the Bulls, they fought with what they hear, man. Let them boys continue to ball out, man. Show that respect and show that love over there, man. And let them boys continue to play, man. Continue to put our team up there because the Bulls have been doing well. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. The Lakers is weak as hell. But, but you know, what the fuck is going on with uh, my man from Chicago over there with the fucking connecting eyebrows and shit? I never thought my man would be looking so weak, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he from Inglewood. This hurts the heart. Hey, we stopped claiming him when he wore that Green Bay Packers uh, jacket was standing out there. It was that. over. It was, it was over. done. It was done. That's why I ain't even say his name, man. But it hurts the hearty from Inglewood, though. I mean, <laughs> being from Inglewood. What Charles Barkley called street clothes? <laughs> <laughs> being from Inglewood, your heart normally don't pump Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Back at radio out. <laughs>